When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I'll just, I guess, real generally, how was your official visit this weekend? What some highlights? Yeah, man, they, I ain't gonna lie, they knocked it out of the park, man. That was my favorite visit by far. They knew how to get it done. Um, we got to see a lot of different stuff. I got to meet you know, with the coaches, uh, sit down with them more, get to know them personally. So it was fun, yeah. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Mac. What's up, Redcasters? As you can see, I'm starting to drink just a little bit more and more of the Kool-Aid as I appear on more and more shows. We'll see how it goes. Well, you're drinking something other than just that, too. Well, it's got sugar in it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also with uh, Redcast Rob. Well, guys, um, I have to say the conversation before this show was way more interesting than anything Husker. We can talk Star Wars all night long with <laughs> special guests. But also, I'd like to remind Mac that I know you've been away for a while, but you want to sit closer to the microphone when speaking into it. Uh, my voice carries, Rob. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have a, a very special guest here tonight. But before we get to him, I want to just go through our, our normal promos here and for upcoming shows, uh, we have a fan forum next week uh, scheduled uh, June 15th at 8 o'clock, and that's with Glenn Snodgrass, the York High High School football coach. Uh, we also have in two weeks from tonight, mark your calendars, Adam McClintock and Dave Bartu, so college football professor and college football matrix. They'll be on to – we'll geek out on a bunch of analytics and everything. And then, uh, as usual, we also have our Hill Varsity promo redcast at uh, hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. Get $10 off your first year. And smack and smooch custom shirts and specialty items. Get yourself a Redcast shirt and koozie, all that. 308-325-2542. And also use the QR code. Check out the new Alumni Hall store in uh, downtown Lincoln there. Um, we have now got a great promotional code, which you can use. It's the Redcasters code of DAD22 that you can use up until Father's Day. So pass that along to your wife. Text it to her. Um, you know, if you're ladies, if you're listening out there and you have someone special in your life, and you want to get them something nice for Father's Day, make sure that you use dad 22 as the code, save 20% on your order. And you can also check them out at alumnihall.com backslash Nebraska slash corn huskers. And, uh, you know, they've got some of the best Husker gear available for you out there in Lincoln. So make sure to stop by and check that out. And Rob, did you also have a show that you were promoting? Were you going to do a lunch cast this week? I am going to be doing a lunch cast this week. Um, I am going to be talking with the Queen Bee herself and quickly becoming Nebraska's number one recruiter, uh, the mother of O'Shawn Mathis. Um, (laughs) She's going to come on and talk with me for about an hour or so. And, uh, you know, we're just going to really just uh, shoot the stuff since this is a family show and and just talk a little bit about it. I'm really interested in her story. So I'm I'm excited to kind of hear it from her, especially um, with Oshan's brother and how they how they made the decision to come to Nebraska. Right. It's, you know, and Oshan was really talked about that a lot um, afterwards and how, you know, it wasn't the NIL necessarily that brought him, but it was a lot of other things outside of it. And I just want to hear that. Um, you know sure. me, I'm good at getting stuff out of people. So, so that's that, that'll be this Thursday then. At, uh, yeah, that's the we'll, plan. We'll social media out the, the details, but our guest tonight is no stranger around the state of Nebraska and Husker that's athletics. Right. He's lived in Omaha uh, since 2002 and has covered both the news as well as sports television and radio for 25 years. He's also currently the host of the wildly popular uh, Big Red wrap up. We welcome to the Redcast, Michael Severe. How you doing, Michael? <laughs> you guys are way too young to be wildly watching Big Red Rap. <laughs> Good show, but you know it's we skew a little older. I'm just gonna say, just a little bit older than you guys. Yes, together maybe your ages. Would be well, how, how, age. how old do you think we are? I'm curious. I would go honky about 36. Oh, I, uh, lo- I the love guy, the guy that's in really good shape. I'd go about um, 39, <laughs> and then the Star Wars guy. Uh, 41. Okay, first off, 
I love. I, I really. I'm not in shape Michael here. On more time, but so I know. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm 45, but I'll take it. I'm 40, right. I'm 45, and I'm oh, the senior. Wow. I'm the se- I am the senior of the group. I'm I'm 48 years old. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know, see, look, I got some gray in my beard. Too, I am 52. So. I will be 53 this month. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get to, to talking about stuff, we just want to yeah. anyone that's been following Michael on on uh, on social media the last couple of weeks. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand. Uh, we just want to wish you, uh, your son Miles the best with the recovery and everything. It, it's uh, amazing what modern medicine can be, and to have yeah. that surgery a week ago, and to, we saw him right beforehand. Uh, looks like he's doing great, and on his, the Redcast Nation's behind him on his way to recovery. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody on social media all weekend was very supportive, so we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, we always like to break the ice, and I think with, in your case, we already have, but we break the ice <laughs> with tweets of the week. Yeah. And so I had this set up and you had sent something out here on May 28th and it was your personal Star Wars universe rankings. And the joke on the red cast has always been that I had never watched a single Star Wars, not one mm. uh, up until just two weeks ago on uh, Memorial Day weekend. I went ahead and I watched the, I guess, the original three or the early three, however you call it, because I know the order gets all out of out of, uh, <laughs> you know, mess, but. But, it's uh, just the trilogy, just the trilogy, the trilogy. So, the trilogy, yeah. um, and what's interesting, I, I actually, I'd have the same top one. I think Empire Strikes Back was the best. I like the cliffhanger it had at the end. I have mm-hmm. New Hope number two, and then the Return of the Jedi, and Boomer on our show. He was he kind of gave me the, the the heads up on it. He's like, once you start seeing the teddy bears about thirty minutes in, and he's like, it gets to be really goofy. And I started watching, it, and I was like, what in the world are these things? Yeah, <laughs> first twenty five minutes. First 25 minutes may be one of the best 25 minutes in any movie ever. From the mm-hmm. beginning with the credits roll to they, the, the barge crashes mm-hmm. in Empire, that might be the that return. That might be the best that I've any part of any movie I've ever seen. Setting mm-hmm. up setting up the Boba Fett series on Disney Plus from there. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that, basically that's that was, all it does. The that's Boba, really that whole the Boba Larian. Yeah. It was the it was the, Bo- <laughs> the, Bo- the Mando Mando Fett or something Mando like that. But literally, Mando the Fett. first twenty five minutes of, of yeah. Return of the Jedi just sets up the Boba Fett series. That's that's all it's doing. It. They were thinking ahead. Yeah, wow. they so, were. Yeah. So, Michael, your your former partner in crime on on radio there, Damon Benning, we had him yeah. on a month and a half ago, and you were telling us you had a text chain with him because apparently he has some of the same history with me. Like, only started watching him very recently. So, yeah, his youngest actually went with my kids to go see Skywalker the last oh. one. And so um, his kids both like him. Caleb watches him as well. And Mike is trying to get him into watching him, I think because Obi-Wan's on. So he's trying to get caught up to watch that. Oh, and sure. so we're going back and forth and he's trying to figure out how Darth Vader is in Rogue One because it's before <laughs> Star Wars. And I'm like, when people say Star Wars, especially the older people, they're not referring to the whole canon. They're referring most times to New Hope, yeah. right? So when I was saying that to him, it was, it was very confusing. So we're going back and forth and he's like, He's like, Rogue, he goes, Rogue One, Darth Vader's in it. I go, yeah. At the very end, they pass the plans, and he comes in. And he says, I said, you know, I've watched these movies dozens of times. He goes, you said it was before Star Wars. I go, yes, before <laughs> New Hope, which is Star Wars. Okay, I got it now. So, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the conversation we had back and forth on Twitter this weekend as he was trying to watch Star Wars for the first time. Well, it's, that's Are you good. enjoying Kenobi, Obi-Wan? I am. I am enjoying – look, I don't – I grew up watching, reading comic books. I mean, like from the age I was, my dad passed when I was 10 mm-hmm. and I moved to New Orleans and I obviously didn't know a lot of people when you started a new school. And there was a kid there, was an eighth grader who, who read comic books and he gave me my first X-Men comic. My Ooh. first, it was, it was, a, it was, it was during the, um, when Rogue came in, it was the, the whole first five or six episodes of Rogue taking Marvel's powers, or Jean Grey's powers, excuse me, yep. and all that stuff, right? So I started reading comics. I have never had a problem with retconning, people coming back from the dead, things changing, because all comic books have always been. Comic books will constantly change and move things around. So I don't get, I don't bother with that at all. People get mad. I've loved it. We've loved it. Um, This Wednesday, trust me, we will be in front of the television as soon as we can as a family to watch (laughs) Obi-Wan episode, was it four? four Hopefully hopefully we can watch 10-year-old Leia run around and, and avoid Jedi. You know, like like she's one herself already, right? So. Well, the funny part about that is and the funny part about it is okay. So he keeps saying his name is Ben, right? Yeah. So technically, Obi Wan wasn't the name, but I, look, I don't care. Maybe she forgot. <laughs> Maybe she forgot that <laughs> seven years previously, some yeah. dude that was a Jedi with a cool beard saved her life. I don't know. 
But you know, who cares? <laughs> At the end of it, he'll probably like do some mind trick on her that erases it. Like the Superman C-3PO. gets the lowest. Like name. like C three like C three PO when they when they watched yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Michael, yeah, like you're you're sitting here talking comic books, and you just need to understand right now. And I will turn my chair, which yeah. is great for listening on a podcast later. But there's this entire file cabinet behind me, and yeah. each shelf of it is full with four short boxes nice. of comic books. All like, boarded, all boarded, and all boarded and bagged yeah, yeah. in alphabetical yeah. order by by nice. title, and then in numerical order well, inside of that. Well, Rob, well, Rob, so. if you look behind me, Rob, you'll see um, a lot know, of Husker game, game and programs, too. national championship games in the seventy and the nineties, and you know Scott Frost and all that. And that's because this is a Husker podcast. We're <laughs> well, gonna get I back have to those too, Honky, so, right here on my. So right. We're gonna get back to being a Husker podcast. We've diverged too the, far for Honky. The, <laughs> The next tweet of the week here is I definitely think we've broken the ice and I love that. I do love the, the talk so far, but this was a great one you did here, Michael, about on uh, May 18th. You know, it's yeah. none of my business, but I've now heard four different media people say in you isn't better talent wise than last year. That's insanity. Either you are greatly overestimating last year's roster or haven't watched the guys coming in. We're better at wide receiver, running back, quarterback, D line, outside linebacker, kickoff, punt return, basically the special teams there. Yeah. I think that's a great tweet. I think that's a great place to start from because really we're talking talent now. We're talking roster yes. and we, we know that we brought in a new staff. We need to develop players and all that good stuff. But at the very core of it, let's start with talent. Where are we at going into the 2022 season? You know, I, I, I'm a draft guy um, more than anything else in my life. The draft was a huge part of it. 1986, first year I got in the draft, um, Saints drafted Dalton Hilliard, Jim Dombrowski. It was a great mm-hmm. draft for the Saints. It was the start of the Jim Moore era. And I realized right then, because they got better quickly, that the draft matters, right? And so from that moment, as a 16, 17-year-old, I immediately became a big fan of the draft. And so, yes, I look at talent based off of how many people you put in the NFL and how many get drafted. And you can say everything you want about last year's team and how good 24-year-old JoJo Doman was or any of those guys or any of those old people back in the secondary. Did they get drafted? The majority of the people did not get drafted. It, it was a draft where you had a guy from Montana who was your best wide receiver, right, get drafted late. But overall, they wasn't a lot of talent. An argument Damon and I have had over and over again. Um, yes, you want more talent. I believe that they needed to upgrade their talent severely to get to the point where they can compete at the top of the Big Ten West. Not the whole Big Ten, just the Big Ten West. And I believe they have. And it doesn't matter that – let me say it this way. It may not work out. This this crew, the last five or six years, horrible track record overall with junior college guys. Horrible, horrible track record. If you look at some of the guys, just horrible. Um, You've had a couple hits. It's not like Bo. When Bo went in and got junior college guys, the majority of them hit, right? Just whatever luck it would. So it may not work out. But just talking pure talent, like guy to guy, O'Shawn Mathis compared to Ben Stilley. Again, love Ben Stilley. Was a proponent of him getting the getting an offer back out of Ashland. Liked him as an outside linebacker. He was undersized and underwhelming as an as a, a pass rusher and as a talent on the edge. O'Shawn Mathis much more talented. Whether he's an outside linebacker, a defensive end, whether he is playing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine technique. I don't care. He's more talented kid. So the position, position. Omar Brown more more talented than the guys they had last year. Will he play a lot? I don't know. Kid can't make grades. All I know is that he's more talented. There's more talent now in this short time they brought in than they've had the whole five years they've been here. In my opinion. And you talked about, you know, what this crew has done or hasn't done in the last five years with, with JUCO and players that they brought in. But the reality, too, is even that crew has changed. I mean, now yes. we're dealing with you think about Omar Manning, who, Rob, I know you you loved him two years ago coming out of JUCO, right? The number one JUCO in the country. And he is certainly he hasn't uh, he hasn't performed as the number one JUCO in the country coming in here. But now he has Mickey Joseph working with him for the first time. Mickey Joseph certainly has a track record of doing things with receivers that we didn't have prior. I mean, I guess we get accused a lot on this show of, of pumping Kool-Aid and stuff. But look, I mean, there is talent and we've got good coaches. We have coaches that have demonstrated success at what they've done. I mean, Bill Bush is an example and, and Mickey Joseph. I mean, I love the, the story of them smoking a cigar in the national championship locker room after LSU won the title and saying, how cool would this be to do this in Lincoln? I mean, these, these are talented guys. A lot has to come together, but the, the talent, at least just starting at just talent alone. That's where I like that tweet that you had there is that to me, it feels like this is a step up Mac. I mean, you're, I, I imagine mean, you're I, there. I, I couldn't really argue with any of it. I mean, I'm never going to get worked up or too upset when off of a three or four win team, 
some guys transfer out. And, like, and then people get all, like, what are we going to do? I'm like, what do you mean we're going to do? We only won three or four games with them anyway. Can we upgrade that to do better? Yeah. I mean, quarterback is, is, is Casey better than Adrian? I maybe, maybe not, but I'll tell you our depth behind him is for sure better than it was a year better. ago with yeah. Purdy back there too. Yeah. And then Henrik having another year there's, and, there's, and, and we still have some others, you know, so the quarterback position for sure, regardless if it's even a, even if it was a swap between Adrian and Casey, it, the position group is better. And, so the competition will be and better. I would and always, that's where it starts. And it goes back to this crew. As you said, this crew, Michael, who's coaching quarterback right now? We have Whipple versus Verduzco. Is that a step up too? I guess just across the board, I mean, coaching talent matters too. Yeah, I, I've always liked Mark Whipple um, as a guy that's occasionally wagered on games. Uh, <laughs> Mark Whipple was one of the most efficient offensive coordinators slash head coaches. We're talking going back to UMass. Um, when you're looking at totals, Team totals, always very good. It's so funny because even before he was rumored to be a candidate for the job, this is a couple months before, we were we were back on um, Severe and Benny in the morning. We were having a conversation with a guy who was talking about how Pitt had just exceeded the numbers from the year before and how Whipple had kind of gotten everything evened out on the offense. And it was funny. I just told Damon, I said, I've always loved this guy going all the way back to UMass. I know Damon liked him when he was the uh, quarterbacks coach in um, at Pittsburgh, the first couple of years of Ben Roethlisberger. And so we had this conversation, you know, it was funny. And then two months later, all of a sudden he is the offensive coordinator. So I can say that I've always been a fan of the guy. I love mm. the way he handles himself. I think he is a very good play caller. I am concerned a little bit because it's been a long time since a team in the Big Ten threw the ball more than they ran it and was mm. successful. And that's Purdue with Drew Brees. And even mm. though I like Casey Thompson and Brock Purdy, be the one of them to Drew Brees. So I think that he's going to have to run the ball more in the Big Ten than he did, obviously, at Pitt or any of the times during his career. Um, mm. That I have a concern about. But other than that, I, I like the way he sequences his play calling. I think he'll make Casey Thompson look like, uh, like the quarterback he was during the successful times at Texas. I, I think he's going to do a good job. How well, about we already just, have a question too, Honky? From well, uh, Jimmy well and we'll so get to those here. Let's okay. let's keep let's keep this going right now. That you know, you think about it. Um, you mentioned Casey Thompson with him. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first one to admit. I've I've brought this up on a number of different shows here. The second we hired Whipple, I immediately thought we were going away from the dual threat QB. That that was my first thought. Just knowing you know the, the history there with him, I thought we we're going to get drop back guys. That is that's not the game I love. I love dual threat guys it's one of the things i liked about martinez i didn't like the mistakes but i but i like the dual threat feature to it to bring in casey thompson to bring in chubba purdy to go out and, and now we've recruited watson on top of that i mean we're bringing in guys that the the mobility part of the game can still be there but to your point we also we need to be able to run the run the ball and i think of the end of that tennessee game last year pit at tennessee the last two dri- or the last drive they got in the i formation they ran the clock out they got a couple mm-hmm. of first downs just running yeah. the ball do you think? Do you think we hear about this marriage of the best of what Frost brought with the offense, the running game, with the best of what Whipple brings, the pass game? Do you see that? Can that can that come together and really truly marry into this really interesting pro style offense with a mobile QB that can get under center? You know, how do you see that kind of coming together? Well, I, I would prefer not to have fusion cooking. I would just say let Whipple run it. Um, let. Frost be the CEO that he said he wanted to be when he had those meetings, right? He, he meets with Trev. He says, I want to be the CEO. I'm going to be the, the grandmaster over everything. Let Whipple do it. I don't want to see Frost trying to get his offense or whatever. I think it's been proven, if you just look at the overall numbers, what they did at Oregon. Um, I don't, I just, it's, it's not sustainable in the Big Ten, not without supreme talent. You have to go against Pac-12 defenses. Big Ten defenses are just, just better. Um, the weather changes. You have more windy days. You have all kinds of problems where you can't necessarily do the same things you did at Oregon, right? I know mm. you did them back at New Hampshire. I know way back then that Chip Kelly did them there, but you just I don't think you can do it that way. And so let me just have what Whipple does. Just let Whipple run it, um, get some input from his, you know, his offensive coaches about which players need to be in. That's the, one of the things that's really that they've really struggled. Uh, and part of this, I think, was the coaches. They didn't have a good rotation of players. Mm-hmm. There were so many times where yeah. you'd be watching a game and you think to yourself, okay, pull that guy. Or why isn't this guy played? Or or he had a couple of plays and they hadn't played in a while. It was almost like they forgot. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to have that. You have all these extra assistants, the assistant to the assistant to the mm-hmm. assistant. Those guys need to be, hey, hey, Applewhite, whoever. 
send this running back in because he was hot a couple of runs ago, or this guy's had a couple of runs and now he's winded. They need somebody like that. For whatever reason, the rotation of players. That game last year against Purdue, Yant having four carries for like 50 yards in the first half. And and I sent out a tweet at halftime. Just, it was a joking tweet. Like how many carries will he get in the second half? 10, 20, 30, or 40, right? It was like, it was such a no brainer that he's running so well, getting 10 plus yards a carry. Yeah. And he gets two carries in the second half. And we've seen that with the wide receiver room at times too, where, you know, bets will have a huge game and the next game you don't, you don't see him for two more. And, and uh, that kind of consistency at a spot, some of those spots. Michael, do you get the sense or the feel at all of, of the relationship between Frost and Whipple is, is Frost relinquishing that kind of control or do you have any kind mm-hmm. of, any kind of feel for that situation? I hope so. I mean, he said all the right things about yeah. having a guy who's experienced and, and allowing him to do other things and get more involved in special teams. And hopefully he's serious about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, my biggest concern out of this whole thing, because I remember earlier I tweeted that I thought they had more talent at these mm-hmm. positions. And I think the overall coaching staff is better. I think the quarterback they have in there, um, either one of those quarterbacks, I think will do a better job late in games than Martinez did, which was the biggest issue he had. Mm-hmm. My, my biggest concern is, will Scott Frost not tamper and mess things up? I, yeah. I really believe that that's been an issue. I think he has too many times either lost his way in a game. I'll never forget that shot. We had this great shot against Michigan State of the sideline on that punt. And your head coach, his head was buried in the in the sheet or whatever. And he didn't even see the punt go off. He didn't even see the alignment. If he was looking up, because trust me, there were people – in my house, <laughs> call timeout. The alignment oh. was bad. You know, you could see it on TV. We talked about it on Big Red Overreaction right after it. The alignment was bad. It was just, if you're going to have a right-footed kicker, you got to have protection to his foot side. If you have a left-footed kicker, you got to have protection. And they didn't. I think the head coach sees that, and he calls a timeout. But the head coach was too busy looking ahead to be the offensive oh. coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I hope he lets Whipple do everything and, and start managing the game and don't make the mistakes that caused the team to lose. Well, you know, and that's something, you know, we, we joke about Mac is back on the show a couple of times now. He kind of quit after the Illinois game. We, we went down to Champaign last year. <laughs> and Champ- four years. That was, I did too, bro. I did too. <laughs> I did I too. Like, no way. But, but I talked Shan- my boy into going too, and he paid like four hundred dollars for tickets. And it, oh, it was. I was joking. joke. As the as the team got worse, my yard got greener. I'm like, I'm just gonna spend more time out in the but, yard. But that game, and Rob was Rob went with us too on this one, and yeah. that game was the worst of the worst across the board. And one of the things was one of the same things you just mentioned there. Hey, Whipple has a you know this experienced experienced offensive coordinator. Well, so was Lubick, right? Lubick was a, a, a OC at a at power five levels, and he and all off season. To, to your point about the concern you have is 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 Frost going to take it over? Mm-hmm. We came out against Illinois, and when we couldn't adjust to the four man front, and he basically <laughs> takes the headphones back, and yeah, we're driving yeah. we're driving back to Peoria, and we're listening to the post game. Yeah, and I heard him say that live, and I was like, oh, don't say that, don't say that. That doesn't yeah. that's not yeah. coming off. And then Lubick contradicted him on Monday. Oh, oh yeah. And Lubick came back and was like, no, 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 we had or Tuesday, excuse me. He goes, no, 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 we had a uh, we had we, yeah, we, we were fine. And we, got and we had we had Coach Osborne on a month ago. And to talk to Coach Osborne, and, and the words he used was institutional knowledge, to have a, a staff of guys that where you could be sitting there in 1992 going against Oklahoma State, yeah. and they line up in something weird, and they could sit there and go, hey, do you remember when Missouri did this against us in 1978? Yeah. This, and, and Tenniper would say, yeah, this is how we adjusted. And they would adjust like that. I mean, we're not going to get that out of this staff this year. Don't get me wrong. But but yeah. it needs to be better than, hey, well, they came out in a four-man front. But talk, to any those old, that. talk to any of those old guys, right? Mm-hmm. A North Texas game. They came out in this like two man front where they were off the ball by like a yard and a half. And I remember talking to um, Charlie McBride about it Mm -hmm. and they were trying to figure out, they were trying to help the offense because they couldn't figure out how to handle this pass rush. Uh, Texas tech had done it in like a year previous and Mm -hmm. they had to talk at at halftime. They adjusted and then they, you know, institutional knowledge yeah hey rob and and now's a good time i think we've had uh, this is a good break time Uh, we've had a number of questions come in stuff what what do we got well one of them was already answered it was jim minnesota he wanted to know about merging the concepts before dublin between whipple and frost so i think we covered that we don't need to go over that anymore okay um and then the other two comments one is just thanks for uh thanks for having sever on takes on the 2022 roster um 
you know, and I like, I really like his takes so far because let's be honest, they're pretty much right in line with mine where I feel like there's been a lot of improvements. So um, I like to hear the, the pros say the same thing that this amateur is saying. And then uh, great to have you back, Mac. Kool-Aid is delicious this time of year. Let me yeah, tell you, that. I have been feeding Mac the Kool-Aid. Um, I know honky has been feeding it to him too. You know, I mean, he listens to the show, I think. So hopefully it's feeding him. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's, you know, continuing on the, the discussion about talent and one way to bring talent in is through recruiting and right now we're winning. Well, that's, that's why I'll come winning. winning <laughs> well, and actually, actually, if you, the, the, the young man that we had on at the very beginning, the audio was of Malachi Coleman um, mm-hmm. after this last weekend. And he was quoted last week and saying that he wanted, he didn't, want to commit until he knew that we were winning football games. Winning's important that if we, you know, if he committed today and then we turn around and go three and nine, he's going to decommit anyways, because he wants yeah. to go play for a winner. So he's, you know, and who can blame him? I don't blame him either. At some point you got to win some games. Yeah. And I, I think we can talk, talk about this because Cluster Johnson has talked about it in the past and we had him on the podcast a long time ago, but I mean, there was a situation where they were trying to figure out where his son was going to go to school, right? Where Keegan was going to go to school. And it came down to the question was Keegan going to go to Nebraska for four years and maybe have a chance to not make a bowl or not have a winning season. Well, would he go someplace like Iowa and where they have been consistently going to bowl games and winning games. And that was the decision they had to make. And in the end, they, no one could tell them or guarantee them that they were going to turn it around. And so Keegan chose to go to Iowa. And I, and I understand that. Would you, would you want to go to a place where you knew for the, uh, for a fact that everything they've tried over the last four years has been a pretty much a failure. Would you want to go to that place? It'd be really hard to do. It's it's as hard as the decision that players had to make back in the nineties when they were winning to know they were going to come to a program where they were going to have to sit for two or three years, or they could go someplace else that maybe didn't win as much and they could star. It's a very similar, it's opposite sides, obviously, but it's the same thing. Do I want to go to a place where I know I'm going to play, but I'm not going to win. I want to go to a place where maybe I don't play, but we're going to win. I mean, it's a hard decision to make, and I understand what Malachi is at. And even when we won all the time back then, when we talked to Damon, Mac, you asked him that great question about, like, it seems like we've heard so many players back then saying they wanted to quit at one time or another. Damon's like, oh, oh, of course, every single guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Think of Mike Babcock's book, Heart of a Husker. Mm. Goes through all these guys, Broderick Thomas, everybody, all those guys wanted to leave. They all called mm. home and were like, I'm, I'm transferring, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, I know. But, you know, one of the reasons why you would want to come to Nebraska now is I'll go back to that the crew that's come in here. And I think maybe Cluster's son would have a different take right now with Mickey Joseph coaching there. Some of the new staff that have come in. And look at what, look at what we're doing right now with some of these young recruits. Just this last weekend here, uh, Deshaun, and I can't see the last name, darn it, it's up there. Um, but he, uh, the eighth grader from Omaha, uh, Benson, Muhammad? what is the thing? It's not Muhammad, is it? I think it is. Is it Muhammad? It looks like Muhammad. That does yeah. look like Abdul Muhammad. Thanks. Well, that's Abdul Muhammad next to him. It's yeah. the, oh, okay. the kids, uh, I can't see the kids' last Deshaun name because I got 12, this thing. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun 12 13. <laughs> hey, that's all they go by nowadays. Just, just... Anywho, he, um, He's an eighth grader. Well, actually, no. I he's did. an eighth grader? Yeah, 2025 class. Oh, there it is, Deshaun Prince. So, Prince. yeah, I'll just fast forward to this he's slide. Okay. 2026. Oh, my we've, God. We've, had to, we've had to update this in-state recruiting now. We're big in yeah, in-state no. recruiting on the show, and we've had That's to update cool. this graphic twice in the last two days because today Brock Knudsen from Scott's Bluff, hmm. he's committed. Also, we had to add 2026. And, by the way, I, I make it sound like I had to do it. I love doing this. I love yeah. seeing in-state recruiting the emphasis that's being put on it. I, you know, I'm a big believer in you, you build from the inside out. You don't just hand them out just to hand them out, but, but if the talent's there, do it. And we've got talent in the state. Yeah. I think we've always had talent in the state, but we have it right now. We're identifying it and, and getting it out there. And so this is a, uh, this brings a, a huge smile on my face mm-hmm. to see this, but we've got kids in the 2024 class, 25, 26, yeah. the Metro is well represented. Lincoln is getting represented again. You can go out to Ainsworth and Pierce and out to Scott's bluff. I mean, the, this is uh, this is what I would expect from an in-state uh, effort from a from the staff. I've seen more than half of these kids play in person. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Tyson Terry is a grown ass man. I <laughs> saw him on the sideline of a Nebraska game, and I had to like ask somebody, like, "So who's this kid? Is he redshirting?" You know, he's like, "No, I think he's coming off his freshman year." I'm like, oh my god! So he's uh, a, he's a big cat. Um, a lot of talent on there. I I don't know about that quarterback at Bellevue West. 
I, I just haven't seen enough of oh, him Kalen. when I have seen him to think to myself that because I, I know how good a guy like Flores was. I saw him in person multiple times. I know how good he was. I haven't seen enough of Kalen to tell you how good he is. But about half of those guys I've seen in person. And, and I know Damon's kid is a very talented, great tackler, going to be a safety at the next level, I believe. Uh, very talented. It's Sledge who started off at tight end, who kind of struggled out there, really settled in when he moved uh, to tackle. I think he's a really good player. There's a, there's a lot of good kids on that list. So, you know, when you brought up Flores, like when when we lose it, didn't really lose a kid in Flores, didn't we didn't really offer him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, do you look at that? Was that a – do you think we should have? Or is it just one of those things, hey, we went out and got Watson, and that's the guy that we wanted instead? I mean – Here's the thing. I know he I know he didn't throw well when he was in person at one of the camps. I know that he didn't have a good day at one of the camps, but that's great and everything. Go to a game and watch him. Stand on the sideline and try to shoot. So, you know, when you go on the sideline, you have your phone with you. And I got a got a Samsung eight and my kids have new phones and I'm up there and I'm trying You're trying to track him. The ball swift. Right. If you're losing it out of the track of your phone because of how hard he throws the ball at times. And his touch is amazing. And he's athletic. And he runs track. He hits every single – and he's gotten better every year. He lost his two senior wide receivers. He got better the next year. He he goes against that great defense that Westside had, and he made four amazing throws to end up winning that game. I'm, I don't I don't know what else you wanted from the kid, but mm. you know what? You, you got to make your decision based off of who's the best player, not whether or not they're 50 miles from your house. You're not better. If they think that he's not the best player, then I understand it. I think Flores is going to, wherever he goes, Flores is going to be a great quarterback. And, and he's going to Oklahoma State or committed there. So, yeah, I mean, and I think that would be a That's good. That's a great program. That would be a good fit for him. I guess while we're looking at that original tweet here, the we had the Deshaun Prince one, but then also there is a 2025 Omaha North quarterback, Sebastian Serco. And uh, he has offers already from Penn State and Ole Miss, and he was throwing at the at the camp this weekend. And so I don't know. I haven't heard anything if he's received an offer yet or not. It's it's amazing, Michael, how quickly it's almost like this kid's just got done with his ninth grade year, and yeah. and there's Penn State's coming in and offering yeah. and Ole Miss. I know Lane Kiffin's nuts. He offers third graders, but still, I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. you know that's crazy. I, I didn't think, see circle I think play. They did though. offer him, didn't they? Offer him because yeah, I saw I saw a video of him throwing the ball. He, to to uh what's it to the wide receiver kid like I saw that and I thought they said that they offered him and that he mm-hmm. already had those offers. I hadn't so, seen the offer part yet, but I, yeah. I and I'm not sure. I'm I'm not 100. percent I did. He didn't play. But when I went to North game, he didn't play. I think he may have been at like a close proximity COVID thing where he didn't play, and they okay. ended up having to run the option in that game against Bellevue West. I mean, against uh, West Side because they they didn't have a real quarter to throw the ball. But so I didn't see him play. But um, from everybody thinking I read, he did pretty well at the camp. Mm-hmm. Actually, the quarterbacks only, from what I understand, just again listening, and I wasn't there, but most of the the quarterbacks struggled at the camp. But he oh, had right. some nice throws from everything I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some good video of him out there on that. Um, we do have a couple more questions. I'll give you Go a take on this. Um, Jim saying, "Let's say Nebraska wins big in 22. Does Frost go heavy in the portal again, or dial it back with focusing on high school kids?" Um, well, what's big, you know? Jim? What's big? <laughs> That's yeah. always the question. I want to know what's big. Yeah, like for wait. some people, some people big is six wins. Some people it's nine. <laughs> oh. what is, what's big? Fifteen and zero. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be in the dance. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we, well, we like, listen. To, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think the portal's here to stay. Um, you're gonna fill all your gaps that you miss out on, whether guys leave or because you didn't get them in recruiting. And the portal, as long as it's set up the way it is, where you can. Not have to sit out a year and in, in NIL the way it is. I think you're gonna people are gonna live in the portal. Uh, Iowa might not, but most schools will. Yeah, and and those schools that don't want to live in it, all it takes is losing a kid or two to the portal, which mm-hmm. Iowa now has also. I mean, they just lost a receiver, you know, a couple of weeks ago that now has gone to Purdue, right? The kick, they lost the kick returner, the kick returner. Who was, yeah, and they were already finals. they were already short on on receivers to begin with, right? And so there's mm-hmm. some schools that want to stay, you know, above the fray. We're not going to get into all that NIL and portal. Some of that's out of your control. You start losing players to it, yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and now is not a good time to lose players uh, and neat and trying to get portal out because the, the May first date is long past. So I mean, now you can't bring guys in that can immediately play the way that that Win and and Drew and Oshan can do it for us. The know? portal so, is a, is a, is a catalyst too to other guys transferring, right? So you mm-hmm. bring in this quarterback who's got three years left or two years left, and then your freshman quarterback looks up and goes. What the hell? What am I going to play? And so then he's in the portal. He goes someplace. And then that quarterback that's in that place, he ends up getting a portal. It's just, you know, yep. tell, two people, tell two people. 
If you and, and speaking of which, program, too, go ahead. Ron. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of which, too, because there was a name that we didn't even bring up in the quarterback room, and that was Richard Torres, right? And he, because yeah. he's injured, and we didn't even bring his name up when listing out the depth or the the size of that quarterback room. True. And then you're now you're talking about these freshman kids that come in that could end up transferring because of kids. I mean, Purdy has what two years left after you know three years left or three something years. like that on there. Yeah, and, and, it, you know, yeah. Rob, that's actually something I'm interested in. when I when I do the fan forum in a week with Glenn Snodgrass. I want to talk with him because you know he's a he's a football coach. He's a Husker fan. He's also you tell a him he owes me lunch and he knows the bet. We had a bet on a player, and you tell him he owes me lunch. We had a bet over DM on over a player. You tell him he owes me lunch. I, I will. I will absolutely do that. He's also a Husker dad. And yes, what is, is it like to be a, a to you know his kids on the team has has worked hard for the last two three years. And, and, you know, we're guilty of this on our show. We go and create our depth charts and offensive defense that are out there on YouTube and had thousands of views, right? And people are like, they look at it and they're like, you know, oh, that's right or that's wrong. But the point is we're just, we're just, you know, here's this new guy comes in and we just put him, all of a sudden we move the, the kid to the third team. And what is that like to be a current player sitting there? And it's like, oh, this kid just transfers in automatically has my spot, hasn't yeah. even been here for two, two minutes. I mean, do I think Mathis is going to start? Probably, right? But, but at the same token, I've never seen him play. I've never seen him practice one time here either. And sometimes we just assign these guys spots. I don't know if, if, I, was a, if I was a head coach or program right now, how much effort do you put into recruiting a freshman quarterback? Like how much effort, even if he's one of the, you know, the best guys out there, if you're Alabama, I don't care if he's a five-star or not, you're going to sit, you're going to sit for a while until these other guys who are also. Well, even Bryce Young said his freshman year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a remarkable program. It's a bad, it's a bad example to use really Alabama, mm-hmm. but I mean, just to, to ask these high level recruits to sit for a few years anymore, it just seems unreasonable with the portal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is almost, is it better just to, Lay back in the cut and see who goes. Well, when you when you get someone that transfers in, at least you've kind of secured them because now they can't leave and go. Second time around is a little better. It's it's the I think you said earlier, Michael. Like you bring in someone in the portal, and then you got a freshman quarterback saying the freshman sitting there going, "I can leave, and I can leave Mm -hmm. and go somewhere right away." If if you've already transferred in, you're if it's Dylan Riola, you spend a lot of time trying to get that kid. But I mean, the majority, I understand what you're saying. It's almost like when you go out looking for a job, right? They want you. You go find a new job. They want you to have experience. And you're like, this is a new job for me. How can I have experience at it? Right. But they want to have mm-hmm. a guy. And the only way to do that really is to, for sure, is to go get a guy who's proven himself in the portal. Mm-hmm. That's why I think when you look at what uh, Casey Thompson did, um, I know Texas didn't win a lot of games, but just go back and watch him. Go oh, watch his team. Good. Watch Their the defense was so makes. bad. Watch his anticipation on throws. Watch how when he's in the pocket, the first one, second look. Watch how his head is. And by the way, he's he's the least athletic out of any of those quarterbacks in that room. Even Richard Torres, based off a of tape from high school, is more athletic. Mm. But his anticipation and what he can do putting balls in tight spots, he's not going to get the ball down the field on a line. He's got to put air and get rid of it early because he doesn't have a big arm. But everything else he does, he does as well or better than I thought Martinez did. He approaches it like a pro too. He he's oh, yeah. really got he's, he's really dialed a mature in. guy. I mean, yeah. growing up with his dad too. I mean, who yep. anytime and I I you know we can all we all have kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you made your share of mistakes when you were growing up. So the first thing you make sure you try to make sure is your kids don't make the exact same mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So his dad made mistakes, and so he's gonna make sure that he doesn't make those mm-hmm. same mistakes. Yeah, you look at the obviously, you know, he's coming from Texas where they didn't have a winning record either. But yeah. it's crazy. You look at some of those losses and what he did against Oklahoma and put up five touchdowns you know, against Kansas. They lost to Kansas. That's a horrible loss, right? Yeah. He had seven touchdowns. Yeah. What else you want me to do? Seven. It's like, what, That's, what else yeah. can the guy do? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. um, there are examples there where, where, uh, you know, you can't always just look at the record on things. And, and certainly um, he comes with as much, you know, accolades and experience yeah. as anyone, I, you know, as we're talking about NIL and, and transfer portal here, I thought this was kind of interesting. And this was from Albert's, uh, made this statement here and he goes we'd be totally unwise given the current state of what the past has looked like in some of our sports to just sit idle i think we have an opportunity right now at the transfer portal i'm not sure our head coach is huge proponent huge proponent huge proponent thank you i can't read that with that stupid <laughs> thing over it um you over logo dude <laughs> thank you <laughs> right now it's a benefit to us long term are the transfer portal and some of the nil challenges sustainable i don't think so but our job is to create a winning strategy with what we currently face, yeah. uh, being willing to do the work to dive in. And it's, it's had good thought. And I think that's part of it. Like, He's a wordy guy. I, yeah. bet, I bet Twitter's hard for Trev. I'm probably, I probably, I'm a wordy guy. I think I've added too many, <laughs> some of these slides. 
Um, but he's, he's been in the media. He's been in front of the media he's so for his good. entire life. Yeah. Think about how long he's been in front of the media. From he's the so moment good. he was a junior in high school, he's been in front of the media in different ways. So you learn eventually to speak in that language. Yep. <laughs> hey, yep. we, we got another question since we're still on Go transfers too. Um, and Anthony Hayek, I think, Silent J. Um, maybe, I don't know. With all these transfers coming in and expected to play right away, could this cause a divide between the transfers and those that have been there? And I just want to bring up really quick the interview that I did last nice week with uh, with uh, Chancellor Brewington and talking yeah. about NIL and transfers and things like that. And he literally said no. He said that a lot of these guys are coming in and it's like they've been there all along. Um, he said that the transfer guys, you know, they come into the room. Nobody's like looking at anybody like, you know, hey, this guy's going to take They're like acting as a team like they've been there. Is that the right thing to say? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. But it, it in honesty, like I can a lot of times hear when people are trying to like say things because of the media. But he was also extremely relaxed and it felt really honest coming out of his mouth. I don't know. Honky, you were there. I, I don't know if you could agree or not, but it felt honest from him that there wasn't well i mean seem like there's a lot of that sure it fell on so i'm not expecting him to lie or anything i think sometimes this is where the the people that will accuse us or you specifically you rob of being kool-aid people is that over the course of an off season this is of course when all the good things are being said no one's coming out and saying bad things and and everything's hunky-dory and yeah. you know the team is working harder than they've ever worked before <laughs> no. we're lifting more with this new lift yeah we're, we're lifting more up in garbage, garbage cans yeah garbage cans are full <laughs> yeah. of vomit and actually, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Well, it on Twitter. has to be. It, well, it's one in of my the favorite last times. 10 years, it's the only time of year. <laughs> well, and this is the time of Twitter year now where, where weight room photos start oh, coming yeah. out. So this yeah, is yeah. great. I mean, I love that stuff, right? And we're the only ones that lift. And that's that's a true We're the thing. only team ever that gets better in the offseason. Yet simultaneously <laughs> improves not on the win-loss column. <laughs> There's <laughs> always I, – I obviously didn't play at the college level. But talk to enough of these guys. I've interviewed and done shows with every single position group that's played at Nebraska, right? I've done shows with kickers, punters. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, obviously. Um, and there's always stuff in the locker room. Uh, look at the prettier girl. Yeah. Who yeah. drives the nicer car? Who's starting? Who's not starting? It's always going to be there. It's just just part of the competition. These guys are all, most of them, are type A personalities. For sure. So, yeah, they're going to be pissed when somebody comes in and tries to take their job. Of course they are. Are they going to say that to the media? Probably not. But I was doing my, um, my depth chart, as you were mentioning, for wide receivers, right? I, I think Trey Palmer, I think he's one of the most talented wide receivers they've had since – 1991 um uh washington manning castaneda martin brown belt so out of those first four right three are new yeah, yeah. somebody got that means somebody got moved you have oliver martin starting i don't think oliver martin starts and maybe he does but i don't think he does i don't think he would start over washington if it was me in my opinion yeah um, and actually i, I think Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had uh, shoot. This is an old graphic here because at Mar- I have Washington on the the second team. But the point is, first, second team, whatever. The the biggest number or the biggest word, letters out of this is the TR, the transfer, and the number of transfers that you see yeah. on both sides of the ball. Here, we also have a defensive depth chart. But um, but to your point, there, the number of those names. I mean, heck, in this case, both quarterbacks we have mm-hmm. are transfers. Now. I posted that, and then you know we we got some stuff from people saying, "Well, what about Logan Smothers?" Look, this is just a, a podcast in June putting that out there. I mean, of course, Smothers could be up there too. I'm not saying he's, I'm not the one making that decision, but the whoever point, I'll take whoever wins it. Yeah, let the best guy let the best guy let win. the best guy care. win it. I'm not saying it's it's more the point of how many transfers you're seeing uh-huh. up there in in top top two yeah. at the positions, you know, yeah. that's where you're, you're seeing it. It's tells across you what the board. Co- it tells you what the coaches needed. I mean, there's a reason there's transfers in the spots because it's those coaches identify. These are areas where we're not good enough. Well, Michael, look at this. I mean, you go back to what you said, better at wide receiver, running back, quarterback, D line, outside linebacker. Let's look at that wide receiver. Here's a transfer Palmer. Here's a transfer Castaneda that Washington would be it. Uh, running back, Anthony Grant's the Juco guy there. Quarterback, these are spots you said on defense, you know, outside linebacker. We we kind of went, we had some liberties and we said we, we were going to run a 4 3. Yeah, uh, sure. So, that makes sense. You know, there's O'Shawn Mathis, D line, there's Devin Drew, there's Stephen Wynn. Again, I don't care if it's first or second team right now. This is June. It's just the number of those transfers that we're seeing across the board. Uh, they're everywhere. The defensive backfield is just, you know, loaded with them. So, um, Certainly, we could have more. Uh, we better have more talent on the team. Really, I think to your initial poster that we talked about, we better have more talent on the team this year than last year. If the transfer portal is worth its weight in anything, because that's we went so hard to it. Right. 
And I'm surprised at some of the guys that are still there. Um, there were guys during the spring that we didn't see hear about and you didn't see play and they're still hanging around and, and maybe they think they can make some headway over the course of the summer and maybe in the fall. I don't know, but I'm always surprised when guys stay now. And, and that's not for sure. Not, I'm not being mean, like saying you're not good enough, but it's wide open. If you don't think you're going to play or you're third on a depth chart, why hang around unless you're a quarterback? Cause I always think if you're second on a depth chart and we've seen it too many times, how many seasons over the last 10 seasons, have you had to have two quarterbacks, right? It's just yeah. what you have to have. Yep. And so if you're the second team quarterback, I don't think you bolt quickly. I think you wait no. and see when this guy gets hurt because they're going to get hurt and then mm-hmm. you stick around. But if you're like, if you're a wide receiver, Kamonte Grimes or somebody like that, and you haven't played and you're yeah. just kind of sitting there on the bench and you, all these other guys are ahead of you, I could see deciding you're going to leave. I know Neville sure. did that. Neville looked yep. up and went, it's mm, a lot of guys ahead <laughs> of me. And so left. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that May first date is you know that's there's not a lot of regulation around some of this stuff right now with portal, but May first was one of those dates you needed to be gone by then if you were wanting to be able to immediately transfer. So someone still could transfer, you know, as late as today, but they wouldn't be able to play right away next year. Rob, do we have uh, any other questions before we kind of get to the the final piece here? Not at this time. Not at this time. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I think mo- moving forward here, this. This is a good time, and I think just to have a little bit of prognostication about oh, next year. Plus, it's a fun word to say. It's a, it is a fun one here. So, my last tweet of the week here, and this one, uh, Michael, this one's from uh, May 17th from you. <laughs> I feel good about making some money this year on the Huskers. By the way, that was plus four and a half against uh, OU. Feels like crazy sauce on top of a bowl of nutty noodles. And so, you know, here's according to FanDuel, there was five games there and, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the different spreads. But, you know, everyone – you know, Jim in Minnesota said we want to win big, and and you answered that perfectly. What is win big? Well, he, mean, right? he, he said nine or ten. He said nine or ten. But every but that's win, big. But He's win win big means something different to everyone, right? Rob is going to be fifteen and zero. Jim's going to be <laughs> going to ten. Dave on our show just wants to get to six and get to a bowl game, right? Yeah, I know, but Pro- prognosticating ahead here. I mean, let's start with you, Michael. Yeah. What, what I mean, what what do you think is possible? What needs to happen for us to get to six? What needs to happen for us to get yeah. to nine? What happened? You know, and so on. I was having a conversation with somebody, uh, I think it was at the hospital, and um, the guy was asking me what I thought. And I said, I think they've got a legitimate chance to start 6-1. and one. And he looked at me, and I was like, I'm serious. I mean, you look at the schedule. I could see them losing Oklahoma, right? Um, I'm not worried about Indiana. I think Northwestern is going to be bad again. The non-conference stuff outside of Oklahoma I think is winnable. Eventually, you're going to get to Purdue. I believe Purdue is the seventh game. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they're, you know, that six and one is a legitimate start. I wouldn't be surprised. The problem is, is that nothing. It was Trev Alberts who said when, when he brought back Scott Frost, right? There was no, and I always use the wrong word. I think he said tangible or something, reason for this to be done. Because we have no evidence to tell us that this is going to get fixed. Nothing over the last four years, right? But. Looking at the schedule, looking at the talent, looking at the coaching staff, four, six and one start is legitimate. The back end is a much tougher part of the schedule. So I think if they can legitimately get to eight, that would be a great season. I think it would it would ease a lot of people's minds. Um, if I was going to pick it, though, I'd probably say seven and five, which would be right under the seven and a half, which is the last line I saw out of Vegas. Yeah, the challenge, the challenge with going the seven and five in that traditional route is that if you went six and one, I know to go seven and five means you finish up, you know, one and four down the stretch and, and the record terrible taste in your mouth. Yeah. The record looks certainly better than three and nine, but how you get there is completely different. And beat Wisconsin since 2012 and you wouldn't have beaten Iowa since 2013. Yeah. So so at some point, you know, you got to win a game or two that you're not supposed to Um, that that's important. I, I think the one thing, and this is with Illinois game last year, fresh in our mind, that Illinois game, we talked about that all last offseason. Yeah. How important that was to get some momentum. You went you win that game, you come back, you win a couple of games at home, and then you go to you go to Norman, play them close, come back and beat a Michigan State team that was not preseason ranked and not thought to be what they were gonna be mm-hmm. through the uh, transfer portal, by the way, a year ago. Uh, Michigan wasn't expected to be what Michigan was. So, you know, there was a lot of the same talk last year where we were like, we could start five and one, whatever. <laughs> That first game against Northwestern, how critical is that, Michael? I mean, same as last year. Same as last year. We talked about the Illinois game meant, I thought, two games on the schedule. The one mm-hmm. you played that you lost to against Illinois and then another one. I thought that, that it was that valuable. It's that big. And here's the thing. I believe the line was 16 and a half, the Illinois line. It was big, mm-hmm. right? Man. The line yep. for, for Illinois, Northwestern just keeps going up because people don't think Northwestern would be very good. Um, it could be what two touchdowns by the time game rolls around. Wow. Um, you go over to Ireland, 
where you're going to have the the most of the fans up over there are going to be your fans um, because they've been preparing for it for two years to go over there and buy tickets and go and do golfing and all that stuff. So you're going to have the home field, whatever it's called, home pitch. You're going to be over there <laughs> right against a team that's not considered to be very good. If you went over there and lost that game Ugh. and then have to fly all the way back with that misery – all bets are off. I'll be right back. I'm going to go throw up. Sorry. I felt the same way last year. I I thought there was no, I thought they'd beat. I I said, I remember before the game, I picked them to beat Illinois by two touchdowns. I thought they would win that game by Mm. two touchdowns. I've been very confident. I've been bet the all line that they would win that game by 13 and a half. Mm. I thought so. Right. And then I watch it and and we get the, get the safety early on. Oh my God. And you're thinking that you're sitting there going, wait a minute. I've seen this movie. I've seen this before. I've been here. I've stood right here. I've been on the sidelines and watched this mess happen. And it happened just like we've seen in the past. Man, I am. It was such a long. Go ahead, bro. uh, I was going to say, if you were in that car with us driving through Illinois from from where you guys picked me up in Des Moines all the way up into Illinois. I mean, these two are sitting in the front seat and, and like, you know, they're like talking and chattering and so happy. And we're just like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Yeah, that drive back was probably one of the most miserable drives I've ever wow. experienced in my entire life with these two. Students. I had my earbuds in. I was like sleeping in the back yeah. seat. Mm-hmm. I was just, oh, Every, I can't live through that. I can't live through that again. I, I'm after the game, you, after the game, right? I'm standing on a sideline. Game is ending. And um, uh, ESPN, uh, Rittenberg, Adam Rittenberg walks by and he says, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and what he, what he was saying was is that I know what you're going to have to deal with as someone who's covering them on the radio on a daily basis for this year after that happened. He just looked at me and goes, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I've, I've said that numerous times because of my role in the podcast here. The fact that I was just like, well, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. But like I, all the respect I had for you guys that had to go out there and slog through that game and talk to fans who are upset and miserable about it and have to conjure up some kind of content. Like, I'm just like, at the end of it, I'm like, Matt, how many more? I was talking to Honky. How many more times can I say, "Well, we got to fix special teams. We can't yeah. jump off sides. We can't have any high snaps. We can't have any, you know, bad turnovers or fumbles by the quarterback." And we got to be better at fielding punts. I mean, everything yeah. happened in one game before the first half was over. I'm like, no, that that this was team is just bro. I mean, come on. That was the thing at halftime. Halftime might have been worse than even after the game for me. It was. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it was one of the lowest moments for me as a fan. And I'm not trying. This isn't trying to be negative. Redcasters who might be watching this and going, oh "My God, you guys are usually all you know Kool Aid and stuff." No, I, I'm, I'm just scared. I'm, I'm just scared. I'm genuinely optimistic for this season. But what's happening is this off season. We're talking a lot of the same talking points as we did last off season. We need to get better yep. at special teams. We need to cut the turnovers down. We need to get a downhill running game going. We need to be, you know, the, we need to be able to have a, a, I think a mobile QB, but not have the QB be the first runner on the team. We need to get running back production. There's a lot of these things that we talked about. And then by halftime, our special teams hadn't gotten better. We had the, the punt return, throw it over the head and get a safety. We missed a couple extra points. Yeah. We needed to get turnovers. Well, we got one. We got an interception. Oops. Remember the penalties we have to cut. We had 30 yards of penalties in one play that negated the turnover. And <laughs> yeah. you start going down the whole list. It's a third and one. And instead of going yeah. downhill, running the game with a, yeah. with a big back, we get into a diamond set and quarterback runs it, misses the receiver, converts it to a run, fumbles it. And it's a, oh my it's, gosh. you know, scoop and six Stop. and all those things at halftime. I'm like, okay, we just can't do that again. You know, and so this, <laughs> This Just next don't season, do that again. Like, what, yeah. what was fall ball for? Why did <laughs> yeah. fall ball even happen? Yeah. This yeah. is the first game. Hey, Rob, Rob, you want to know how you, how you solve all this? So the majority of the time when Nebraska's had a good team, they've had a really good slogan, okay? okay. Nebraska's slogan used to be the best. Even burn the boats. Say what you want about Callahan. It's a great slogan. Do you want the slogan for this year? Yes. Yes. Do we make T-shirts one. of it? Heck yeah. Well, you might have to have some copyright infringement. No this, is the way. this is the way. Oh, <laughs> this is the way. And you have like, hopefully it's Casey Thompson, and you have it like, you know, his head on the Mandalorian's body. It says, "This is the way." Okay. This is the way. Yeah. Period. This is the way. This right. is the way. That's all you gotta do, and then they'll they'll turn everything around. I'll explain that to you later when we get off the show. What's okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh. I no, I really do. It's like it's like it's a Mandalorian. There's a lot of things that keep people up at night. Like you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and your brain—you can't turn your brain off, right? You get up, go to the bathroom or something, come back, you can't fall back asleep. You know, you're worried about bills or work or things like that. 
I literally worry about how much of an ass I'm going to look like if this team just totally craps the bed this year, like uh, because of this show. And and I'm just like, oh, my God, I might have to delete my Twitter account. I'm probably <laughs> never going to be able to show my face in Nebraska again. Yeah. Like Honky's never going to invite me out there. I mean, this is like legitimate concern for me. And, and it keeps me up at night. It really does. And Max is going, <laughs> God. That seems like a pretty fair trade off. Michael, you know what the worst thing with the Illinois game was? Is this, we were oh. walking around. It, it's, it's terrible. It's not a great game day spot. Let's just be honest. It's horrible. As we're walking around, Illinois, it's horrible. Illinois is a it's horrible stadium. It's, it's I, the I'm worst, sorry, it's the worst Williams, but, situation in the Big Ten. But we're walking around talking to these fans, and they're barely I'm like, oh, we have a game today? I'm like, yeah, that's what I call a football kickoff. You know, since COVID, this is going to be the first full. And they're just a, kind of oblivious to it. Oh, well, cool. Great. Yeah. And we lost. To yeah. that fan base, you know, like yeah. as we I got, drive out and drove, like this fan base doesn't even. We care. tried to go. We tried to go down, come out of the press box after watching the end of the game and listen to some of the press conference. We tried to come down so we can get Scott Frost. He's over by the bus, mm-hmm. and he came out really late. And that was the belief that there was a fight between the coaches. Oh, you guys know this, right? Yeah. In the locker room, and so we're trying to get down, and these people couldn't get the door open. <laughs> to come from the bottom part of the stands onto the field. And so people were trying to jump and I'm four or five people just like bust their ass. <laughs> and I'm just standing, this is where we are. We're in a place that can't even get people out of the damn stadium yep. safely. Yep. I just want to get by the buses and listen to Scott Frost tell us how this is the exact same movie over again. Right. Um, yeah. But that's, that was, the, it's a, hor- it's a horrible place. Yeah. There and- was like Nebraska fans sleeping in the literal rafters under the stands. Like, <sighs> During the game, like it was just so. It was 150 was, degrees and and every bit as humid. Humid. Also, you it can't sit humid. in their first three rows of their stadium because if you do, you can't see over the players directly yeah. in front of you. Yeah, and it's if you stand way. up, the fans, the Illinois fans, are yelling at you to sit down during yeah. the game because you're trying to see over them. They're like, "Sit down! Could you guys sit?" It's like the first play of the game, and we're getting yelled at to sit yep. down in our seats because we're like three rows off. Wasn't a problem the rest of the game. I sat no, most yeah. of the rest. It of was the game. not. I <laughs> I actually wanted to go back to the car, but how did this? Know. How did this this I don't know whatever you guys are trying to do right now, but this reliving the Illinois game is not healthy. No, no you're right. right. No. My wife's a, my wife's a therapist. If you need Let's her to get it down, out. we can right. fix all this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the thought. I'm gonna entertain the yep. thought. Is it real? No, I'm gonna get rid of well, it. And, and you know what? And to that point, we 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 did all that last year so that we won't do it this year against Northwestern. Okay. My heart is guarded. There you go. Well, we, we were prognosticating. We, we, that's why. It's, we it's why second marriages always work so well. Right. 100%. I can attest to that. It actually is, is a fact. Yeah, yes, I agree. 100%. Make the mistakes the first wife, right? Yep. We, we just need to be 1-0 coming back. And, and if that means we won 3-2, to two, I don't care. Uh, it doesn't have to look pretty in game one. We just need to right. win the game and come back 1-0. Right. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and go. I don't there. care if we have a P.J. Fleck-like start. I don't care if we struggle through all of them. Just what and up. look look different at the end of the game? Oh, the yeah, first what? three games that year where they won on the last yeah. play, Fresno yeah. State, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah hey, it would be interesting to see him at Big Ten Media Days when he's all bulked up now. It, well, what's this with his face? Is Botox? Botox? Man, or wrestling? Wrestling? <laughs> wrestling or Botox? One of those two. Maybe he just <laughs> spent too much time outside in a cold Minnesota winter. Maybe that's what happened. I don't think that's surprised. what it does to your skin. I really. Don't. I don't think it does either. I'm just trying to help a guy out. You know. Well, he's. <laughs> all right well we uh we like to end our show here with uh with some parting shots and so uh we're gonna go around the room and uh, we always let our guests uh, have the final mm-hmm. one so rob we'll start with you uh what are your parting shots this week i i got i got nothing usually i think of the, my parting shot is <sighs> honky i i really think that you should watch obi-wan i think <laughs> that you should watch rogue one and um you know, avoid all the other Star Wars movies because they barely make sense to me as a fan. So they definitely won't make sense to you. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. We'll go to, uh, to Mac. Well, I, I just like to thank all the Redcasters for tuning in tonight and, and remind everybody to get your pets spayed and neutered. So. <laughs> He's Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> Work for Bob. And all two right. and two. And Michael, what do you got? Um, I am just so happy that for the first time, in so many years, I have not watched one college baseball game and or regional game or care who's in the Super Regionals or who's coming to the College World Series. I am so elated that I don't <laughs> be worried about any of that junk anymore. I am so happy. Good luck to all the teams. Whoever's still in it, I have no idea. But whoever's coming to Omaha, bring your fans. Spend a lot of money. I'm okay. just so glad I don't have to cover it. That's anymore. awesome. All I saw today was that Michigan apparently didn't make it, and apparently they got uh, totally hosed by the – 
by the calls and whatever well, after Maryland fumble. apparently got hosed too. Um, a tweet went out. I think Boomer's still tweeting on the Redcast account right now, and uh, he he put out that Maryland got completely hosed here in a call while we were mm. recording. So yeah. apparently they they still hate the Big Ten. It's not just Nebraska, so that's good. Yeah. You know? Well. Nice. Well, Michael, that's and that's got to be gratifying and great for you that you get to just do Big Red Wrap Up. Which, again, I mean, that's you know, Redcasters. Yeah. Every one of us have been watching that for as long as I can remember. But uh, I mean, so that's pretty cool. You still get to do that. You're hosting that's that, fun. and and yeah. and not having to do the baseball stuff. God, so. I hope you have a better year this morning, Michael. I, I really do. I, I I hope you guys get some wins to talk about. It's so hard to have conversations over and over again about the same things. Same stuff. And and guys get so you can see it like in Jay Moore's eyes. He's just so mad. Yeah, little mistakes or, you know, and guys are trying, like, I know Damon sometimes tries to find the bright side, the happy side, the sunny side of the street, but sometimes it's almost impossible even for somebody like that to find Mm -hmm. the good pieces of it too. So it's, it's tough. I I have to read the highlights every week. So I got to do, I got to, I had to relive that Michigan state thing like 90 times. It was, Uh it was brutal. I tip my cap to you guys for doing that stuff. Honestly, that's not easy in this. And I I understand what this market's like in some respect, because I, I'm part of the market, I suppose, but like Husker fans can be merciless and you guys just have to go up there and sometimes just eat or just not have a great night, you know, just to enjoy, <laughs> just do what you got to do. So yeah, well, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. We can take the week off or you can quit you guys, for a few months. <laughs> yeah. Mac can quit for a couple months. You guys have to have to be back out there and do it again. So anyways, thank you so much, Michael. This was no a, a lot of yeah, fun. It'd be great pleasure. to have you back sometime too. And uh, this is a really enjoyable Redcasters. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, until next time, it's another Go Big Red Cats. Go Big Red. GBR. <laughs>